Let me begin this with a little personal story. I grew up in post-Soviet Lithuania, a sort of country and a sort of time where the term feminism was used as a curse word and basically associated with loud, angry women who hate men. Since then, many things have changed for the better. But personally for me, one of the first eye-opening experiences in understanding gender was reading Finnish literature and later moving to Finland. Suddenly, there were women who wrote that Cinderella's shoe represented vagina and giving it to the prince symbolized giving up our sexual liberty. There were also those who wrote about a Dolly Parton kind of emancipation, including the right to big breasts and buttocks. There were women who wrote about frustrations of motherhood, about sex and female masturbation. There were so many women who simply wrote. This is literature from Finland. I'm Urte from Helsinki Literary Agency, and in this episode, together with one of the most acclaimed new voices in Finland, talented Anu Koya, we will be discussing the exceptionality of a Finnish woman. Welcome, Anu. I'm very happy to have you here. It's very nice to see you. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> um, Anu, do you remember your first encounter with or the first realization about the concept of femininity and feminism? Um, well, they are the two very different concepts, but um, well, I guess femininity is something you learn from a very young age um, as a child, um, but When it comes to feminism, I think that is something I or I came across with that. Um, I think I was maybe ten or eleven years old, and I think I I learned a lot about that from my mother, um, who was reading about uh, things like that. That they were there was sort of a, a wave of feminism at the time um, in Finland, and yeah, I sort of. Uh, realized from that that uh, women have been treated very badly dr- like throughout the history and I was very upset about that um, in in history classes and yeah I I used to like get very upset about <laughs> everything um, we we read about that and so it's it's kind of always been there like for a very long time I mean there are um, many people who kind of come across it in university Um, in a more academic way, but for me it has been um, a natural thing that's been with me for a very long time, and it has changed. Though, like I've, I have been the kind of um, man-hating, <laughs> anti-sex work feminist um, when I was very young, um, but later I've, I've become more uh, intersectional, and of course there are many, many ways to be a feminist and not. All feminists agree with each other um, because there are so many of them nowadays. Right, right. Um, after receiving, it's it's interesting that you mentioned history because after receiving the Kalevianti uh, Literary Prize for your spectacular novel Katie Kate, you mentioned the change of women's roles in the media uh, in a relatively short period of time. So how? Did they change? How have they changed? And especially w- if we talk about Finland, um, are there any gender traumas that you have since you were, you know, a kid uh, or a teenager? 
Um, well, gender traumas, yes, of course there, <laughs> of course there are. But um, yeah, I'll just grab first the um, um, representation thing uh, because I think it has changed a lot uh, during my lifetime. I mean, uh, there weren't that many uh, female protagonists that were up to something else than getting married or or things like that in films. Uh, for me personally, the, bi- the big thing was, um, well, the warrior princess Zena, <laughs> like um, oh, yeah. later becoming the <laughs> uh, trope of the <laughs> strong female character. But that was a very important series for me. I think I was uh, 12 or 13 when it came to Finland. And of course, it was uh, also very queer. Uh, which was new at the time. Um, and there hadn't been that many uh, characters like that. I mean, there had been Ripley in Alien films, but I hadn't watched them yet because uh, I was too young and obedient. I didn't <laughs> watch them secretly. Um, but yeah, I think that was a, a turning point for me. But now we have a lot of those uh, protagonists who also also do action films and... And like many, many different things, but well, okay, they are mainly white, but that is also changing, changing now. And that's an important thing. But I guess um, going to the trauma part is, um, well, I think, I think I've, I've spent so much time uh, being concerned about the way I look during my lifetime. And that is something you learn in a very young age. Um, I mean, it's it's really disturbing to think that I was unhappy about uh, the way I look when I was maybe seven or eight years old. Yeah. And, um, well, for example, like there are some characteristics that are, are like, this is what a, a woman is supposed to look like. And one of them is like um, long lashes, for example, because that's also uh, a marker in cartoons uh, that some character is a female. So... I, I don't have long lashes, so I was really upset about that <laughs> and <laughs> felt felt really bad. But then now I, I realize that's like not the point and <laughs> I don't I don't care about that anymore. But I I mean I wish I could get back um so many of those years when I was really unhappy about the way I look and obsessed about that and and use the time for something else, like um having fun or studying or whatever yeah and also now that you mentioned those characters in films do you think Mm. that it also uh, has changed in literature that when you were growing up there were way less female especially girl characters who are adventurous and strong in books than there is now in finland i mean Finnish literature yeah definitely and and i was very much into fantasy books uh as a teenager and and obsessed about Lord of the Rings and, well, the female characters there. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's uh, another topic. But, yeah, I mean, the the one that gets to be a human it has to dress as a man. So, um, yeah. yeah, and absolutely. that was something I, I grew up with. But now we have a lot of, a lot of fantasy, like, for example, um, and in, in TV as well. So yeah. that's also yeah. a huge change because we didn't have that. Yeah, So absolutely. Now that we came to books, um, Katie Kate, your mm. n- uh, most recent novel, um, is a collage of sorts. There is a somewhat lost Scandinavian girl and a die-hard royalist couple. 
There are real royals such as Princess Diana or Kate Middleton. And then there are the royals of glamour, like Katie Price. Um, there are media images, the building of those images, and then believing them. In between, there are loads of sex and porn. Mm. But then there is also this big picture, um, the story, which is really, in my opinion, the story of the 20th and 21st century society. Um, what is that story? What is KDK telling us about us? Um, I would say it's uh, it tells about uh, the images of of um, young beautiful white women in media, uh, which is I think those are the most common <laughs> images. But uh, it's not about politicians usually uh, or traditionally. Um, but yeah, women's roles, and I think I just put together a lot of frustration that I have <laughs> and had. Um, yeah, it was a bit. Uh, therapeutics too <laughs> but not not only that um yeah and it's also about cinderella myth that is still very much alive um it, which is related to the american dream that if you are very lucky and beautiful enough you can succeed um and also i think the many roles that women have are very conflicted and and because there are still the old roles, um, the good mother and and being uh, beautiful in a in a traditional way that uh, we carry with us, um, like, and, and by we I mean people who have been uh, raised as women, um, but still still they are like saying like yes you can be anything like this, <laughs> anything girl, you want, girl boss, <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of thing, and. Yeah, I think somehow it's it's even more demanding like this. You can have it all, but it's uh, sort of you must have it all um, now. So I think there is something. That's why uh, some people find uh, the traditional gender roles tempting because there are not so so many many things that you need to accomplish. Y- yeah. Because <laughs> then, if you if you have a a career and a family together, I think that's. Um, that's very hard. Yeah. Does it somehow relate? Because for me, a little bit surprising in your book was this class fight as well, social mm. class, uh, which I think in Finnish literature is still very rare because we believe in Finland that we don't have a class society, that we are all very equal. And um, for me, it was very interesting. Do you think that... Um, Gender roles are also somehow very much related with sort of this class society and this hierarchy that we have in classes. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think yeah we do have classes <laughs> even in Finland, um, not as clearly as as in 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 the UK for example, but um, yeah, and I think the Cinderella myth is is also very much alive to keep people. Uh, at their place, uh, because there is hope that you can you can like um, go to another class. Level, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you of can society. level up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and somehow, well, I I think I kind of have myself I- in a way. Um, I don't, or I don't know. I have a, a middle class background, um, and I think the writer scene in Finland is also very middle class because you. You need some kind of uh, support system 
because it's not secure and and I mean if you are not um, or if your parents or anyone can't really help you it's it's much more uh, secure to um, find a, a job that actually uh, supplies you and you can you can rely on because yeah. I mean even even the very um, accomplished authors sometimes like uh, struggle with how Income. to make ends yeah. meet yeah yeah, yeah. so what is the role of royals then in in the book and in our lives the royals and porn for that matter why do we why do why do you have it in the book why do we need it in the book and why do we need it in in our lives um well i think well with porn the basic thing is <laughs> just that it's it's for people to like help them masturbate but yeah that's the main main thing but um here what i'm i'm looking at in porn is uh, how the um, different categories actually tell very much about society even though they are definitely not meant to be like or they are not conscious con- uh, conscious <laughs> consciously um uh, made to reflect society but still i mean the categories kind of tell who is the um who has the power, which is um, the white male, because that is not a porn category. But, um, well, anything other than white is a category, anything other than straight is a category. Um, so we get get the kind of power structures from there um, just by looking at porn. And I think that's, that's super interesting. And um, it was also a challenge for me to write about porn without... Um, being just um, provocative, I wanted to be analytical, but of course it's also also considered provocative, and it's also very personal for people, like how they uh, relate to porn, how much they watch that. And I think with this book, it's um, there are very different experiences. Some people find it very disturbing, and um, some people just um, think it's really cozy and familiar. And literally have some friends who have said that because their relationship to porn is is not complicated, um, so it depends a lot on the. On and the I would reader. also add humorous. It's yes. very funny. <laughs> I found it just really hilarious just reading it bec- because of the familiar situations and mm. thoughts that you go through in your mind. Yeah. You yourself um, mentioned in an interview uh, that. Even though deep down you're a kind and kind of even a little bit shy person, sometimes this novel turned out to be surprisingly provocative and even a little bit aggressive at times. And um, in the beginning of this episode, I describe um, the primitive understanding about feminists that I grew up with, uh, and according to it, angry and provocative and hating men. Uh, are only just a few words that are associated with with feminists and feminism. Where do you think that comes from? Where why it is so hard to change the concept of uh, provocative or angry feminist? And and do we eventually are we actually a little bit defensive in this question most of the times? Um, well, I think um, feminists are labeled angry because most of them are angry <laughs> and <laughs> for a very good reason but um emotionality has been used against especially women so so that is something you have to learn to be uh, credible like not to show emotion 
like yeah. that I- that is something you you can see like if you're looking at the uh, politicians yeah. who have to be credible so they they don't show their emotions at all so that is why um many people are trying to get away from that but i think um most of the social justice movements um they come from an angry place because um i think anger is is a very good emotion it's meant to protect you it it kind of tells you that that this is my my limit don't oh this is my boundary um you don't get to cross it and right and i think that's that's a positive thing but of course um you can use anger in a wrong way too but i Absolutely. think i think there there is a need for um different feminists i think there is a need for the the angry ones who who really like um call out people and 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 do a lot of very uncomfortable work but then there is also a need for people who who kind of explain um the common common <laughs> like um things for about feminism to people who are misinformed or or don't understand it um but still who are like uh willing to learn um and i i think i'm i'm more of that kind of feminist like usually um trying to navigate because i think many people share the um understanding of of equality and and that is what feminism is striving for exactly so so i i don't think many people are against that it's just that they many people still don't really yeah understand maybe how it works and and what what is actually the goal in the end and yeah, what are feminists yeah. fighting for in the end yeah yeah and still still many people don't don't see that it's it's also for the men um exactly and and also feminists have um are for example um talking about this um uh, making the military service equal and exactly and all these kind of things that are are um wrong for the men in 2018 uh, finnish author minna rutisalo wrote a highly praised and awarded novel, Mrs. C, a fictional biography of Minna Kanth, who is uh, often considered to be the first feminist in Finnish history. What got me thinking at the time I was reading the book was um, author's attempt to portray her, on the one hand, as a bright intellectual, but also as a woman in a loving and respectful marriage, a tender mother, and the very idea that fighting for the cause doesn't necessarily require a militant approach or surviving an abusive relationship or swearing off marriage. And actually, a couple of reviewers also mentioned it. Uh, They were disappointed that Khan wasn't portrayed as some sort of lone Finnish Amazon of uh, 19th century. But does she have to be? Um, My point is that don't you think that sometimes by trying, and this comes back to this angeriness that we talked about, that uh, by trying to defy these old stereotypes, we sometimes create new ones, such as that a true feminist um, can't be married, or a true feminist wouldn't get silicone boobs. 
Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that is something that I'm at least personally trying to uh, fight against, like setting boundaries, or I mean, not boundaries, but I mean, limitations to what you can be. And um, I really like seeing multi-dimensional characters in books um, who can be many, many things like contradictory things. So, yeah, well, but personally, I would want to see also a version of Minna Kant being being this uh, very angry Amazon kind of <laughs> person. Um, yes, she was also very much uh, anti-alcohol, which is uh, an interesting thing yeah. uh, from today's point of view. Um, but yeah, I would I would like to read something <laughs> something like that. But yeah, she she is a, a big character in Finnish uh, history of feminism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think also foreigners uh, tend to think about Finland in general as some sort of uh, gender equality utopia, especially after the government that came into force in, in 2019, in which five uh, most important ministers were women and four of them under the age of 35 at the time. Um, I, for instance, have translated several works of Finnish literature and my mom once noticed that... Um, or made a remark with certain surprise and admiration that most of the writers that you have translated are women. And before I had haven't really hadn't really given it a thought, but I guess for her it was something very, very new and unusual to see so many and so different female authors. Um, so do you think that Finnish uh, or Finland has actually become this dream country where it is just as easy or equally hard to be a female author as it is to be a male one um well it, when it comes to literature i think i think things are like relatively good in that way um that i think um women are are considered as like serious authors here and and there hasn't been a problem with that but yeah i come from a, a cinema background or i studied um uh, screenwriting and that's uh, a whole another, another story. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. And and I mean, um, there were many things with with the Me Too campaign that came out. And I think I think there is still uh, harassment in in literary circles as well. Uh, or I don't think I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, but that's something um, the people in power they they um take advantage of people who have less power and that's something that happens in in cultural industry a lot uh, also regardless of gender um and that's something i would like to see addressed more or like finding ways to fight that yeah um when when celia ahava was our podcast guest uh the last time uh, she talked about this that for instance, uh, to this day, she feels that female writers, or female authors, are uh, reviewed in still a bit different way than male ones. Do you do you share the sentiment? Um, I do, even though I think, well, I've been taken like quite seriously, but yeah, I've had some like really weird questions coming from, um, yeah, well, I have to generalize, and they were all, all coming from middle-aged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> male assumed uh journalists um that like some really weird questions i i don't think they would have asked them exactly that way from from a man but um what kind of questions um, for example well 
Oh, I can't repeat them now <laughs> in in English, but but yeah, but I think um, for example, I've seen like people uh, or like women who have been writing like auto fiction. Uh, I think they are the ones that are taken like uh, least seriously, because uh, then it's thought that oh, this is just a, a diary um, uh, instead of like writing skills. And um, and a, a colleague was really um, badly <laughs> um, misquoted in in a in a what is it? Um, yeah, not yeah. not a review, but like a, not a magazine, but those like afternoon. Ilda Sanomat or something. Oh yeah, like yeah, that. like yellow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. yellow press just um, kind of um, quoted some stuff from from her book and and kind of um, said that oh this happened to the author even though it's fictionalized and and that's something that really shouldn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, and it was about sex. Also, like uh, women who write about sex um, might not be taken seriously. Yeah. I I've been very lucky and. Partly, it's because my my work is more um, more of a fiction, and it's not so much about me as a person. In your experiences, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, do you have yourself some sort of Finnish authors uh, that would be like uh, uh, Finnish female authors? I mean, like idols in feminist writing or feminist cause in in general. Someone that you've been really kind of into <laughs> um well usually <laughs> i i mention uh monica fagerholm um she writes in, in swedish but is also always translated to finnish and and her her latest book is a um great depiction of a of a small town who who can't really deal with uh sexual violence and even though the uh, perpetrator would like to um, be responsible and for for his actions, but then he's not allowed to do that. And I right. think that's very um, sharp and and sad portrayal of of things. Yeah. But also a bit funny, <laughs> which is <laughs> which yeah. is weird. And and she has a very speci- uh, special language that yeah. she uses, and I admire that. Yeah, absolutely. How do you? see a modern Finnish woman in general if is she in your view you have lived for a while in the UK so you have a little bit of a comparison uh, do you think that Finnish women is more somehow more emancipated more liberated bolder than her peers elsewhere and if so how is it manifested in life and in arts um, <laughs> that is a difficult question I think there is a, a chance to be bold and and emancipated, but um, yeah, I think the downside to that is uh, striving for perfection, and I think people people are quite lonely. It's it's also uh, the individualism and and lack of uh, social uh, circles somehow, because then we we are told that everything is about like yourself. So so I think that also makes people a bit more uh, depressed than than in in places where you have a stronger um, network of people around you. And I think that's something I would like to see more in Finland yeah. of people like connecting and supporting and each other. Um, yeah, like women and 
and any gender really yeah and artists as well yeah, yeah. absolutely um, three very literary questions mm -hmm. to finish this um, who is your current literary crush um that's a very difficult one um well i think like most people i i have to admit i have a bit of a crush in uh, like maggie nelson um yeah well maggie nelson <laughs> yeah let's say that <laughs> uh, which author you are following on the social media and why um i'm mostly following my my colleagues and friends from finland um but like to pick some people here i think aura Nurme is, is very active in in her instagram stories making literary analysis and but if you want to go for the memes i would say sisko savonlahti and johannes ekholm are like the providing that a lot right <laughs> so what is the best sex scene you can recommend from a book um well i have two um one is um it's very uh, beautifully made like one sentence thing it's from Aino Kallas uh Sudan Morsian um it's about uh two like werewolves having sex uh, and it's very like using natural metaphors it's really beautifully written um but i think one of like more recent book um is um um Red Aldos uh Vadim um where the protagonist um who is have uh, studying film in in St. Petersburg is is having sex with with a uh, amuse and um fucking him um with candles in the ass so okay. that was something i hadn't really read before and i thought it was refreshing <laughs> brilliant Thank you, Anogaya. This was Literature from Finland, uh, brought to you by Helsinki Literary Agency and hosted by me, Urte. Special thanks to Petri Latvala for the design and Alessandro Danna for the music and to colleagues Urpu, Vivi and Kai. And tune in next month.